You're listening to an Irreverent Podcast. Visit irreverent.fm for more content from our friends. Hi, friends. Sarah here with a brief disclaimer. You are listening to a podcast about making space for other people as well as for yourself, which may mean that you're going to hear language and ideas and thoughts, not just about life, but about faith that are different than your own. My hope is that you will listen to this podcast with an attitude of space making, being able to hear things that are different from what you may interpret the world to be. It also may be different than how the hosts feel about the world. But again, we are working together to make a little bit more space for each other. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. I don't think they can hear it in the recording. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Making Spaces podcast, a podcast about making space both literally and figuratively for yourself and others. Josie and I have been sitting here waiting. By the way, I'm Sarah, and that's... Josie. <laughs> <laughs> we now are uh, direct neighbors and we have been sitting here waiting because planes are really loud and just keep taking off. But now we're just going to let it happen, guys. If you hear a plane, you will be able to discover where we live, which is near an airport. A yep. Constant airport. Josie, how the <laughs> heck are you? Um, well, today's a bad fibro day, but what are you going to do? Okay. Well, that's fascinating because my body is like literally I'm sitting on a um, heating pad because my back is hurting so bad. I wonder if there's something environmental. Maybe. I mean, the weather has been really odd. It's been cold and hot and been super cold. Yeah, we both dressed really cute yesterday. We met up for dinner with some friends and uh, we regretted it immediately. <laughs> it was so cold. It was so cold. <laughs> you had a Which, jacket on, but I did I not. <laughs> Which I'm thinking like all these people who live in other parts of the country or other parts of the world who listen to our podcast are like, what do they mean by so cold? I mean, it had to be like 64. It felt so cold yes. to us. So. And I mean, if you uh, live in somewhere that's colder, uh, bully for you. All right. I'm cold. I'm not you. used to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Southern California my whole life. So 64 degrees is cold. All right. Is there anything you can do on days like this where your body is aching? Um, I have muscle relaxers, yeah. but Those knock I don't you out, like huh? to take them. Yeah, no. they make me sleepy. And then I have to drink extra coffee to stay awake because they don't like put you to sleep, but they just, I don't know, melatonin or whatever. So I have to drink extra coffee and then I just get kind of jittery without the, like my hands are just jittery, but my mind isn't jittery. It's a weird situation, but I have a lot of homework I have to do today, so the girl is in grad school <laughs> and i've been procrastinating all week because i couldn't find my textbooks from the move so i was good it's fine i'll oh, just no, probably bite the bullet and take the muscle relaxers that's so hard because you're balancing so much and trying to do it all mm -hmm. and you're moving and it's really hard to wait for help or like it's hard to know your body i think too like i think that's the thing that's so difficult about the last year is you've been trying to figure out what it can and cannot do. And then your mind is like, no, no, I, this is what I can do. I'm a healthy human. Well, and the worst part is when you like have your body kind of figured out, but then it doesn't respond the way it usually does. And you're just like, what the, I thought I had this figured out, but you really never kind of do. Uh, it's I'm fine. Sorry. How the heck um, are you? <clears throat> I mean, I am exhausted. I didn't sleep last night. I think I've got, uh -uh. I had so much fun. We did a Theology on Tap at a local bar, which was really fun. It's actually owned by um, four of my friends and like restaurant bar. And normally they're closed in the evenings. They're a breakfast and lunch place, brunch place, but they have this big back um, patio and they've always been like, hey, we would love to, for you guys to do Theology on Tap. And it was a really special Theology on Tap, probably my last one. And so um, had folks in from Reno. It was crazy. It was so fun. Small, small group. It was great. And then people online too. So it was great, but a concert was playing out front. <laughs> and so <laughs> it was so loud. Um, and then we were trying to do the online and in-person thing. And it was a really great topic. We were talking about LGBTQIA Pride Month and why do we need Pride Months or why do we need to celebrate any of these things, which was a great conversation. But at the same time, I think my, for me, my ADHD maybe was over, I was overstimulated last night. Um, and then also my friend who was singing in the band called me on stage so I sang with him for a song and I just I think like the lights and everything um and I think too the like 
stress of where some of the big decisions I, I need to make in the next couple of weeks have been feeling weighing really heavy and sort of the realization and work I've been doing in therapy too. It made me really, really tired. Um, so yeah, I, you get so tired, you can't sleep. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I could not sleep last night. Um, and then my poor dog, I just try to cuddle him when I can't sleep. And he was not, he was just like, because I kept trying to use him as a pillow. He wasn't interested. So <laughs> consent everyone, even with your dogs. Um, oh sweet, gosh. sweet baby boy. He's so sweet, but it was so much fun. And I'm really glad that we were able to all get together, but I'm exhausted, which, yeah. You know, I was trying to explain to my friend Kevin this morning on my walk, uh, Kevin likes to FaceTime me. And I was, when I walk my dog really early in the morning um, and I was like, I'm so tired. And they were like, yeah, you didn't sleep. And I hadn't said that part. So I was like pathologizing it. I was like, I think I'm just like worried about this thing and I'm feeling this. And a friend had asked a really difficult question at the end of the evening that has been really hard for me to think through. And so I was like walking, I'm like, and then I was like, I couldn't sleep. And they were like, okay, so you're not tired because of all that. You're tired because you didn't actually sleep. So after this, I'm taking a nap. Yep. But yeah, that's me. That's us. But I am, I will say, awake and alive and excited for you guys to hear this conversation because with two of our favorite newest friends, um, I have to say I have just, a Reverend Media uh, group is great and just getting even better um, by the folks that we're adding in and you know, Josie, I'd say we don't really know where it's headed completely and entirely, but it's great people to have on a plane that you don't know where it's going. Um, and Josh, <laughs> Josh and Adrian are the Dirty Rotten Church kids. And I knew kind of of them before we started working with them, but not super well. And it has been just a delight to get to know them. Yeah, I didn't know about them either. I mean, I've had friends like mention them in passing um, and then mention them a lot when they saw that I was in a podcast collective with them it's kind of funny actually but yeah I mean it's been pleasantly surprising I I mean and I don't like famous people and not like I wouldn't say, I shouldn't say that I shouldn't say that because I don't know like truly famous people right? like I don't know Angelina Jolie but <laughs> I've the idea of knowing somebody who was like uh churchy-esque deconstruction-y well-known person I was like, ugh, I don't want to talk about this all the time because I have a multitude of friends. I like to talk about a lot of random shit. And sometimes I feel like we can get stuck in this idea of like, ugh, that's all they talk about or ugh, that's all they're about, right? Because that's their podcast, right? But it's not all they're about at all. You're right. And right. I think um, it's always fun to investigate. surprise me the most. Yeah. And I joke around about they're not famous. They are. Their, their work is really well known and really well received. And I think it's really helping a lot of people. And um, mm -hmm. I may not have known them in particular, but I knew like the memes that they did. And I knew a little oh, bit yeah. of the stuff they did on Twitter. Um, but the work that they're doing behind that. So it's like one of the things we talk about a little bit in this conversation is the need for humor to normalize things that can feel yes. di very disorienting. And so I am just so glad for both of them and their ability to take um, something that can be very painful and make it light and yeah. approachable. So I think it's a great conversation. Is there anything else you want to add before we let the people hear? Um, if y'all are interested in joining their Discord, um, look at me yes. advertising for somebody else. I highly recommend it. The way that they spoke about it in this conversation sounds like a lovely little place. Yeah. They like help each other out. They meet up it's cute. Like their reach is far beyond them now. And that's very lovely to me. Yeah. That was one of the things that was, um, I think profound for me too, is reading that they, you know, there's groups of people who meet in the areas where they live, um, and are finding community and friendship. And like, I, I hopefully, I, I hope you're right that they don't just talk about deconstruction when they hang out with these new people. My experience has always been, that's not usually what people do, you know, when they discover something that's like the entrance, it's a foot in the door, but then people start finding the common humanity and the other things that they love. So mm -hmm. I, yeah, go join the discord. I've learned, um, you're going to be so proud of me, Josie. I learned how to turn off the talking part of discord. So one thing that Josie and the <laughs> other folks from a reverent media group laughed at me about was that um, <laughs> for the longest time, whenever discord was on and open in my computer, a voice would read every one of their messages, which some of their messages are just ridiculous. So I would hear like in the middle of the day, that sounds like a blah, blah. It was just like hysterical. But if we were recording or if I was working on recording my sermon, all of a sudden there'd be a robot voice. So I have learned how to fix that guys. 
I am a technological queen. Which is funny because I have no idea how to turn that on. <laughs> I didn't know. Why, that did, why was that like, why was it a setting that even started? It's a, it's a great, it's right. an accessibility setting for folks who can't, you know, see yeah. very well. Maybe it was like shield. Maybe when I put my birthday in, they're like shield. She doesn't have good eyesight. <laughs> She's clearly beginning to fade. <laughs> At 40 years old. Hey, hey, sure. it happens. It happens. There's a great, um, I don't know if I sent it to you, but there's a great um, guy on Instagram who I cannot stop watching. Our friend Matthew Paul Turner actually posted him. He's a lawyer who just does these really everyday quick TikToks. And the other day he did one about how Jesus left life at 30. Well, he said 32, but a lot of scholars say 33. But he's like a 32 because, you know, he would rather be crucified than live with the back pain of being in your thirties. And it was oh one of the most hysterical, like I, I kept watching because just, just his tone. He was like, look, like your dad is the, you know, creator of the universe. That's your double, you know, that's your huge, guess what my daddy does moment. And he's like, you think he didn't get to choose when? Let me tell you, he's like, my flesh is weak. That's a man who has joint pain. I know how that is. <laughs> like, it's so Especially good. back in those days where without uh, modern no. medicine and joint capsules. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I just feel better that you're not in Jesus' time. That's all I'm saying to you, Josie. Okay, you've got muscle relaxants. <laughs> all right, friends, Take enjoy. The Take the drugs. Uh, enjoy the conversation and thanks so much for listening. I wasn't going to like do it and then like wag my tongue. I, I, I kind of like joke around and be intentionally like dumb. I'm like, no, I'm going to try and make this as good of a song as I possibly can based on my experience in worship music. We both did. And what people were saying were like, you are able to laugh and get, you can inch really close to it if you're laughing at it. And you're like, that's actually scarily accurate. But in the humor, they go, I didn't realize how easy and like, template stamped out worship music is. But that's like a commentary that you can do when you're laughing at it and people can actually kind of receive it. I don't think you can hear that or certain things you can't say if you're just like pointing a finger at it and be like, look at this bullshit. It, it doesn't really hit uh, and it doesn't stick for me at least. And so I think that's another thing that other folks have kind of noticed is like, if I make fun of like a youth pastor sermon point over top of like a warm pad song based on like a pop culture reference, that's like real stuff that actually happens. And we can get really close to it if we're laughing at it. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Making Spaces podcast, a podcast about making space for yourself and others, both literally and figuratively. I'm one of your hosts, Sarah, and the other host is Josie Jimenez. Uh, guys, today we have, I hope it's going to be a fun show. I feel like it's going to be a fun show. If it's not working out, I reserve the right to just stop recording, except this is not my recording Zoom. But today we have the Dirty Rotten Church Kids, and we are so excited to have Adrian and Josh, A to J. Uh, and they, A to J. A to J. If you don't know who they are, um, I would invite you to use something called the internet. Uh, check them out on Instagram. They're part of the Irreverent Media podcasting group, but they also have a wonderful podcast called Dirty Rotten church kids they have great merch which Josie you promised us you were gonna wear their shirt but then also you moved so if you can find their shirt um, I'd be real impressed <laughs> I was wearing it to that day's recording oh. I didn't mean like this recording oh because you wouldn't wear like a band shirt to a band's performance there it is there are the rules right the I got it laws. Mm, I got it that's cool really um, I just didn't think about it <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have called you. So friends, uh, one of the things we ask people as we start the episode is where is one of your favorite spaces? And it doesn't have to be your favorite space, one of your favorite spaces and why? And it can be like as complex or as easy as you want. You're both looking around the room. I'm gonna ask Adrian, cause his name starts with an A. I, uh, Adrian, you better have an answer. Hi, thank you. Thank you. We'll go first. Uh, hello, by the way. Hi, friends. So great Hi, to see you both. So good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you. Uh, so, okay. I think currently one of my favorite spaces as of this past Christmas, this is like a very physical space. I, if you're expecting someone like really lofty and deep, it's not going to happen. Um, okay, perfect. So last Christmas, we installed 
a big circle swing um, uh, for our kids and a tree in our backyard. Our backyard has one tree. And so we have like this massive circle swing and we did it for the kids. Uh, What I did not expect was that in the beautiful months from between Christmas and now the weather has been really gorgeous and just laying out on my little circle swing and just swinging myself. And I don't even know what my kids are doing. They're kind of over it. Like they don't really care about it as <laughs> they much They don't care anymore. about the swing. It's like a but hammock. It is bec- it's like a hammock, but it's a swing. And I just lay out uh, and that's become like, I don't know. I get to feel really deep, um, really poetic. I don't know. It's pretty great. I love mm-hmm. that. I love that. Yeah. I love, I like wind. Like I like to feel the breeze a lot. And so like, I love to swing on things. I love hammocks. I love just being outside. So I love that. A giant at, at a certain age, I just stopped swinging, you know? Yeah. You just, just stopped swinging. And so, so I'm trying to reclaim, trying to get my swing back. How Adrian uh, got his swing back. How Adrian got his swing back. I'm excited yeah. about that. Okay. Yeah, I love you. your memoir. I love it. Josh. Yeah. So. Up to you, babe. I would say, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a, a large space, but Miami uh, every once in a while, like when I'm feeling like I, I need a break from work, I'll take a day off and I'll ride my little one wheel board around Miami, just eating food and drinking coffee along the way. And you like, you're surrounded by boats and ocean and weird Miami beach people. Um, and so it's never a dull moment. Um, but yeah, that's super relaxing because South Florida, there's very few spaces to find that are nice and cool in the middle of the day. So you kind of just have to embrace the heat and uh, just ride around in it. So it's fun, like weaving in and out of traffic. I like have my headphones on. So it's like a whole personal soundtrack happening for me. It's like my own movie. So that's nice. I just Ooh. talked about this. Whenever I go to an airport, um, I will listen to music and then I feel like I'm in some sort of movie and no one yes. else knows that they're actors in my movie. But I've like ri- written the script where like, they're saying goodbye to each other for the last time. They're oh like, I have like this whole like narrative. It's going to be happy. You're writing like no, really soft no, Oh no, it's beautiful. But, and then like, they haven't seen each other like during. <laughs> so the last time I flew was like, you know, quarantine, things are starting to lift up and mm-hmm. people are seeing each other and you know, they haven't seen each other in like a year. So I'm just sitting there like, huh? Like, but then I'm like, this is weird. And then I'm like, yeah, just stare at them. I've got a mask for the record. On. Sarah, for the record, what is your uh, airplane song? Like, what's your first airplane song? I want to know what your movie soundtrack okay, is. Okay, so my movie soundtrack last time was a little bit, I kind of, it sort of, it was like James Bay. It was very deep, like sort of like soft and melodic music. So I was doing, um, and then I'll listen to Ryan Adams when I'm just needing, you know, just like a like a little, I need a moment, you know, I'll listen to Ryan Adams and I'll just walk and kind of forget who he is as a person, but I really enjoy his music. And yeah, I'll just, and I'll put it on like a mix. I've got like a whole album, um, which I can tell you the title of later, but I like to, one of my things that I do is I make playlists on Spotify for friends. And so I have got all these playlists and one of them is my travel playlist, but it includes like, like if I were to just like look at it right now, it includes like old school songs, but we're talking like even like Blink-182 is on there. Um, so I just, yeah, I'm all over the place, but it's usually you like, did send us an email that as a part of us guesting, you were planning on creating an ATJ Spotify playlist for us. Thank you so much. We're so honored. Excited to get that. <laughs> yeah, we're really excited to get it. Oh yeah. Super <laughs> cool. Yep. I'll do it. No, I would, I, yeah, I'm a weirdo where I just love like music to me means everything. And I, you know, I'm always listening to new stuff like this one, the one that I was just thinking, like, as I walked down <laughs> the runway, I'm embarrassed to say like, you know, there's even like Sean Mendez is on there every now and then. And the okay. Lord Huron, Lord Huron, as okay. you're like coming off the, like, I know, I know. They're awesome. very different people. I, my playlist is pretty much just the bitches back radio by Elton John, like that radio station of just the yeah. bitches back. Which that's, <laughs> that's fine. I like that, but it's not just like, for me, it needs to be almost like a cinematic. She gets off the plane. She's like, the bitch is back. Yeah, which I, I mean, I'm here. Amen, baby. Here I am. Yeah, I'm like, like, like looking through. Like on the on the on the topic of airports, I, I would love to run through an airport like Home Alone when they like didn't know like they woke up late. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. We can't do yes. it because yeah. the terrorists. Terrorists. Uh, they have ruined everything, including yeah, the airport I do, run. I want to do that. 
I would actually love to flip it. I would love to do like running through the rain and then through the airport, listening to like like a like sweet disposition or something by the temper Ooh, trap. As if I'm trying to like on catch my lip. like well before, Inside. and then I I get out of the rain and then I I'm wet and I'm kind of sliding all over the place. But true, like open palm Tom Cruise sprint is what I would plan on doing. You'd be yes. a Scientologist in your wildest dream. I Ooh. would. Holy I, yeah. holy holy lord. Yes. 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 I guys, it's just like, it's like, you know, it's old school stuff. It's like Dennis and Whitmer. I'll be like walking down. I'm just, Oh my gosh. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. 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 Guys. I, I haven't mean, thought about them in a long time. Wow. I mean, just, you just, sometimes like I'm looking here, like just embarrassed, like capital cities. If I'm feeling like a little pumped up, you know, I love like, don't epic. ever be embarrassed about the music that makes you happy. Unless Don't it's, in, unless it's insane clown posse. Then, <laughs> then be like a little embarrassed. Then be embarrassed. Yeah, no. Unless, unless I, you're a juggalette walking through the airport. Yeah. <laughs> we do have one that goes to our church, but we can talk about that off. off nice. Uh, right. Yep. Uh, friends. I don't think she listens to Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> she does. She does. I'll send you her website. Oh, it's real mind. informative. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that's where that oh, album wow. came from. But, but yeah, but even juggalos and juggalettes need spaces too. So that's probably. Exactly. And we are that oh, in our church community. So. Friends, one of the things that is so fun is that we are part of this irreverent media group thing together. Uh, And I know that you guys make space for folks who are coming out, a lot of folks who are coming out of like an evangelical system or people who just want to laugh um, at the thing they grew up in or that they've been around. So I would love to hear from both of you kind of how you started in this sort of space yourselves like what is how did we get to the dirty rotten church kids were you just born dirty and rotten i mean if you ask uh, my evangelical upbringing <laughs> yes. for the past three decades absolutely <laughs> i was amen uh yeah i, I um i guess i'll kind of like tee it off and then josh you can pick up we we know we know we're gonna pick up so basically both of us have, have grown up grown up in church our entire lives um we have done everything from volunteering and serving we've worked as staffers on a church, worship leaders. Um, we even held the title of pastor uh, for a short stint as church planters, even though we weren't full-time actually pastors, we were working full-time jobs, nine to fives, and then just kind of working our butts off over the weekend. And these are just things. So, and it's one of those things where between the two of us, we've interacted with so many um, kind of classic evangelical type denominations, um, whether it be non-denominational to kind of Southern Baptist, you know, charismatic, Pentecostal, neo-reformed, the whole gamut of that sort of white American evangelical sphere. Um, and so I think that informed a lot of our uh, our understanding with kind of the evangelical system. And so eventually we left our churches because we were exhausted uh, primarily. Uh, whenever church is your thing uh, and, and you are constantly told to really like pour yourself out so that others can be filled, um, the catch is you're never full. You're always empty. Uh, and so we, we left our, our, the church that we planted because we were exhausted. But I think kind of undergirding that whole thing of exhaustion was our own faith change. And you can call it deconstruction or whatever. Um, but that was kind of like the thing underneath the thing. And I think part of the exhaustion physically is tied to an emotional and spiritual disconnect that's happening behind the scenes. Like I'm sure those two were connected somewhere. Um, so that's how we left. Uh, and then Josh, DRCK kind of segued from there. Yeah. How so, did you, did, were you two uh, planting that church together? Is that how you guys connected? Yeah, we had ran into each other at our previous church. Um, it was like Southern Baptist. Um, I was leading worship and then couldn't lead worship for a while because my, my college class interfered with it. Adrian came in, took it over. And uh, when I came back from that, that semester, Adrian was still leading worship. And so I hated him, but I didn't tell him because it was super passive aggressive. Um, I love then, this rom-com keep going yeah, and then I texted him one day like hey Adrian um Eric gave me your number I don't like you um and and so Adrian he's like he's like such a people pleaser he's like trying to figure out what he did wrong and it was just my um wait did you literally like, say I don't such a kind oh. what did he say he said he's like i don't like you but then but then i think he had to kind of massage it with uh like evangelical language so yeah. he's like 
but it's something that I'm really working on. And like, like the devil's like been messing with me like, lately. Or whatever. <laughs> I didn't say anything about the devil. I'm, That's I'm, a lie from the devil. I'm, I'm pretty confident. About that. <laughs> uh, no, so, but yeah, it yeah. was. So it was that. we eventually, we eventually built a, a respect as yeah. uh, frenemies often do. Uh, we became best buds and um, fall in love. I love this and story. We yeah, fell in love. Um, yeah, and so when we when we left to plant the church, we we did it together. Um, yeah, and then after we left. No, Josh, if you want to run with it from there. Yeah, so we we both kind of left. And like when when you leave something that you do for 30 plus years, like that's your entire identity, you're kind of just like, I felt very much like standing in the middle of the field. Like, what do I do? Where do I go? Like, I'm so used to doing, doing, doing. And now there's nothing to actually do besides like just hang out with my family, be a husband, be a father, like hang out on the weekends and have brunch on Sunday. Um, that so sounds Adrian, awesome. Yeah, it's it's not a bad alternative. Um, But Adrian and I kind of like apart from each other, both had an idea to start a podcast and we mentioned it to each other. And like, I had all this audio equipment left over from this church plant that we poured all of our money into. Like, we're not doing anything anymore. We should, if you want to be creative, let's take a stab at this. And so the the whole hope of DRCK was that just giving one, like letting one person know that it's okay to not know everything. We didn't know we didn't know what deconstruction was. We had no idea we were gonna write a song for every single one of our guests. We had no plan on it. So we had good. no plan on anyone listening. And so we sat there, we penned out like 10 or 12 topics we want to talk about and like had people in mind, like at our small, really small friend group now that we've lost all our friends. Um uh and we just rolled with it. Um and uh, Trip Fuller gave us some really good advice. He, he was speaking at a, at, a, at a Heartway, which is a, a local church here that is was like the gateway for Adrian and I both. Such an amazing place. Um, but I talked to him like, hey, man, I know you get this all the time, but I'm thinking about starting a podcast. Like, what's, what, what, what's, <laughs> yeah, your, uh, what's your... He's one of my really good friends. Yeah. He just goes, just do it. Don't wait. Just do it. So that's what we did. Um, and then it really took off. And then we found ourselves in the middle of what we now know to be deconstruction. Um, and I don't know, it's just been a wild ride. I, I still don't understand why anyone listens to us and I still don't understand how any of it works, but it, it just shows that there is like this need for people to belong. And my dad asked me a very pointed question when, when him and I did talk. Um, his question was, why do you laugh at all these things? I'm like, well, if I need to approach something, I'm going to laugh at it first. And then I can like right. inch my way up to it. Like you're going to a haunted house, which Adrian now understands. Cause he went to one for my birthday, which was awesome. It. it was great. Um, but laughing helps. Yeah. So, so you have to like, exactly. That's the face. It's like halfway between a laugh and like shitting your pants. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's how I want to live laughing. life. Yeah. <laughs> <Classic> <laughs> you know the one you know that's you a guys, great that's a great Tarjay shirt that really like yeah. <laughs> 50 year old mom font um but live laugh yeah, love and don't shit your pants yeah um but i i think we kind of just stumbled into that where we're able to take a look at these really kind of big systems in the church and laugh at them because they're objectively crazy like a lot of the things that Adrian and I talk about are the, the, the things that we talked about when we were in the green room waiting to go on stage. Like all the worship leaders and pastors are saying the same thing. They just can't say it for whatever reason. So that's been, yeah. I think the most shocking thing for people um, will come up to me and uh, it's usually in a very whispered and hushed voice. Hey, I've been, <laughs> yes. I've been having these thoughts and I think because I, I work hard to create a space where anything you say, I'm going to be non-reactive. Mm-hmm. Too. And so um, I've had a lot of people say some things to me and I'll look at them and be like, some of the people you respect the most feel the same way mm-hmm. as you do, but they don't feel the freedom to say what you're saying. So you need to know you're not alone. And I'm just sorry that no one's been able to make that space for you and make it clear that you're not alone. And I think oftentimes we start with a joke and then we go into, because we're maybe we're not ready. I don't know. Yeah, We're yeah. not ready to dive in. Yeah, I think that was always part of the recipe from the get. We 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 it wouldn't make sense for us, like given our personalities and our friendship over the years, to like try and be like a hyper serious podcast all the time. And then it also wouldn't make sense for necessarily for us to just be like jock jocks, like dicks, 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 and just be like like ridiculous because that's 
not who we are. Like, that's not, like, we are, like, truly equal parts. Yeah, that with the finger guns, that's, despite what many people think, oh, they actually have, like, have us on their show, expecting for us to just be shock jocks. And it's like, no, we're actually, like, yeah. we're well-rounded human beings. And so I think what we kind of wanted from the get was equal parts, heavy and light. We're going to laugh at the shit. We're going to, like, play some improv games. And we're going to, like, like, do, like, ridiculous stuff. And then we're going to write songs because it's fun. But then we're also, like, not going to shy away from, like, the actual like difficult shit that we experienced and that we perpetuated as people right. like players in that system. Um, and I think by what, what that turned into was kind of like some social media presence where we would just kind of create content. And it was like, you would have one post like talking about some like really heavy shit. And then you'd have some other posts that are just like making fun of something like a stupid meme or something. And there was, I think there was something about that recipe that people realized that it's like you don't have to like no one's just one thing and we were always taught that like we are one thing we mm -hmm. are the lords right and so it's just it's just a way well, it's, of so reductive it's dualism right like so you are spirit or body and if you want to be like super nerdy it's gnosticism you're one mm -hmm. or the other and i think what we're seeing is so many people are craving the reality of you can never be you can't be like the guy, like the guy who's like in his forties and is still hitting his friend in the junk because he thinks it's funny. Like nobody yeah. wants to be around that guy. Now, if that guy's making dick jokes and he's also like super intelligent, we like that guy. Maybe he's doing this. I mean, like- The finger guns, yeah. Right, because we are a multitude. You know, I think there's something to that. And I think you're right in a church community, it was the flesh is weak, the mind, the thought, the belief, the idea of belief. Well, where's belief? If you were to ask like someone in a church system where belief is, everyone points to their head, right? Mm -hmm. um, so how did you risk, like your dad, do your, do your folks have trouble, both of you, with how you've created space? <laughs> I'm only looking at well, Josie because her folks have trouble with how she's created space. Let's see how much yeah. time we got. Yeah, I was going to say, by trouble, that kind of implies that there's interaction. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. That feels good. That feels real good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so uh, so my mom's credit, um, her and I are, are the most similar out of the family. Like our like her baby pictures when she was in Cuba, and my baby pictures when I was born in Hialeah in South Florida, which is basically north of Cuba, are exactly identical. It's if I put on my mom's glasses, I look like my mom. It's it's freaky. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, she uh, was over here maybe a month ago, and she's like been wanting to have lunches with me to talk about deconstruction. She grew up in Roman Catholicism, but left. Santeria for Roman Catholicism. So, and then it like really, then right into Southern Baptist evangelicalism. Ooh, which is actually not that odd of a progression, yeah, truly. Especially in South Florida here. Mm -hmm. But Usually she, how uh, it goes. Yeah. yeah. She came into my office and she's like, can I, can I read this Universal Christ by Richard Rohr? I'm like, oh, yes, you can enjoy it. And uh, I'm going to be getting a lot of questions. So, to her credit, she's trying to be open about it, but is still sad that her grandkids aren't growing up knowing about Jesus and God. That's her words, not mine. Um, my dad uh, takes everything or a lot of what I say as like, a, he gets really defensive about it because he did so much to prevent my family from ending up like his. So I, uh, yeah, it's, it's been interesting where he just kind of just goes off. And I like very, Adrian can, <laughs> can vouch for me. When I was in the church, I was just a, mean old person. Um, <laughs> and I think I've been a lot better at that. And even it, when, when he kind of blew up my spot, my dad did I'm like, Hey, if you ever want to talk about it, I'm here. I'm not going to go anywhere. Like, like we live within 15 minutes of each other. Like I gave you your first grandkids and you can always hang out with them. You're always welcome. But I mean, at a certain point, like he's an adult and he has his own feelings and things he's processing. So I, I try not to steamroll people. Um, but, but yeah, that, that's kind of where it is for me. I mean, I know Adrian's is even more drastic and it's even more long suffering. That's yeah, a good word. It is long suffering. It's truly long I got suffering. You. I got you. Thank you. Uh, no, I think for me and my family, we really aren't really interacting. And, and honestly, it doesn't have much to do with my faith change. It actually has more to do with the things that stemmed from my faith change. Yeah. So when you go through a deconstruction and you kind of uh, unlearn all of the ways in which um, you were taught like you are not your own, you know, um, to, to reference like that book that Jamie Lee Finch wrote and the Bible, right? Um, like, I think when I went through a faith change, I started to reclaim my own sense of agency, my own, like being in touch with my own intuition, um, taking care of my, my own mental health, go figure, right? 
These are things that were new to me, right? Taking care of my own emotional welfare. Like if I don't want something, I don't want it. And so I think this, uh, my whole relationship with my family changed because I started to like reclaim who I am as a human being uh, versus being like, kind of like defaulting to like honor your father and mother at all costs, regardless of the repercussion and regardless of the ramifications it has on yourself, you know? Yeah, I have a similar experience to you, Adrian. I um, left my house at 17. Don't me recommend too. it. Same, same, same yeah. but not right. for the same reasons. <laughs> I went to college <laughs> at 17. Okay. I, um, yeah, my parents, uh, we went through a phase where we didn't speak. And a lot of it had to do with like me reclaiming simply my life. Mm. Hey, mom, um, I'm 17 and I know we're Mexican, but maybe you can't speak me anymore. I think mm. we're past that. Damn. <laughs> and as things like that or like me saying like, hey, maybe we need some boundaries. And it's mm. still an ongoing process. And like you said, it has very little to do with the faith change. The faith change is kind of just like they're icing on top. They're little sprinkles of like, well, you don't even believe in the real God. So what you say doesn't even matter. But I think that's like, as we were talking about, like the, the idea of non-dualism, I think there's this thing too. It has everything to do with the faith change because it was all enmeshed, right? Like yeah, totally. the structures that you guys were being taught, uh, how you were supposed to obey your parents, all of that, like it all when you start questioning, it's a slippery slope. Um, I put Ooh. my hands on my hips for those of you who are listening. You're backsliding, you're backsliding. backsliding <laughs> which sounds like a lot of fun, like wee. But um, yeah, right. there, is this, like, is. there is this sense where I think everything is enmeshed and we have got to stop acting as if everything isn't sacred and everything isn't part of it. And it all belongs. And now we have to figure out what that means. And I think the people that struggle the most with transition is because they want to parse like compartmentalize right so like I think about today I was meeting with someone who has left their um, profession as a pastor because they started this incredible community but the community could not accept the LGBTQIA and they were like I don't like I started this thing but my friends are this. And I was for so long living where these are my friends. And I see this as a holistic God-given thing. This is my community of faith. I can't live split. And I think it's so hard for people who that threatens and family structures are often the ones that are like, no, we need you to be who you were in the family structure when you were 13. That's who Mm -hmm. we need you to be. And those moments when we start to it's like hard to make space for ourselves and others. And the fear is, is that you're going to take up so much space. There's going to be no space for them. I feel like often. Yeah. Along those lines, have y'all experienced any type of push? I mean, I know we all experience pushback in the comment section, but has any of it really gotten to you in a way that is profound? In the comments or like social media and stuff? It's in anywhere. general. Yeah. Just anywhere. Oh. Yeah. You can uh, well, name names time. if you want. I'm just kidding. <laughs> name yeah. those names. Well, I can name the pastors, so I'll give you their address. <laughs> Hell yeah. One time someone commented like, hey, y'all call yourselves dirty, rotten church kids, but you're old ass men. <laughs> I'm like, wow. You're not wrong. I'm like, so that actually was the most troubling. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> First of all, you're not you, wrong. You don't, you, say, you don't say like, hey, I, I'm like a, a 90s kid. You don't still imply that you're like, you're still a night. Like, no, you are in the night. Like you grew up in the 90s. Relax, bro. But that was like, wow, excuse me. I that's probably the most harmful thing I've ever heard is <laughs> straight up calling us old. For people like that, I just respond with like, my therapist is going to know who you are. So just <laughs> sit in that for a while. Go ahead and say hi to my therapist. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Oh, actually, I was thinking about this maybe a week or two ago, Adrian. When we first started the Instagram, there was that other Instagram account that was like uh, manly men or something like that. Something about like being Christian men, but a lot of the posts were like, how to like beat your wife into submission. Remember that? It was, okay. So it was this like super crazy, hyper fundamentalist, like men are the head in every way. And somehow he started posting about like, it, it was something to the effect of like uh, how a woman must be st- subject to her husband in all things. And what happened was in the comment section of that, there were people who were like saying, I want to I'm like be obedient to my husband. Yeah, that's what even it was. if certain things get and and with that it brought in like the woman was implying physical violence, and so that was like. But but to your point, yeah, I do remember that. 
and someone yeah. brought that to our attention. Yeah. It's- and we went off. <laughs> yeah, we went off and then like followers at the time wouldn't stop commenting on their stuff. Um, but that oh, I think that's the only yeah. thing we've ever had. And y'all was- have a squad, which I love. Oh, so one yeah. of my like, like, I don't have a lot of like, I know a lot of people like whatever. But I had a moment where I was hanging out with my friend in Alabama who I just super respect his mind. He's incredible. And he said to me, look, like, as I've been going through this stuff, I've been like, uh, following these guys, I think you'd really love their work. They're called the dirty rotten church kids. And I was like, I have a meeting with them in 10 minutes, which is the meeting that I called into from a bar. And his face was like, like Josh and Adrian. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like they made fun of me yesterday. Like I, know like, I like them a lot. Like we're friends, friends. And it was the best we thing I was friends. like, but it made me realize that for my friends who the shift has been difficult you guys have been spate like the first thing they needed to do was laugh it was like a release mm-hmm. because they were already thinking um there needed to be some normalization like you can't just jump into like reading i think richard Rohr is a it is amazing i love richard Rohr. he's been wonderful in my life and as a mentor he's a wonderful person but that's here and sometimes you need to just like yeah laugh at the weird like so Josie and then um, another friend of mine, Katie, both of them grew up in more Pentecostal environments. And sometimes I feel so bad because they'll start to tell a story and then I'm like, start to laugh. And I'm like, Josie, you have to tell me, wait, what did they say at your church? <laughs> because there's something about, and it is, it's traumatic and I'm not laughing at her trauma, but I'm just sort of like, let's normalize this for a minute where that is not okay. <laughs> yeah, like to the point where, oh, when I got, I was hit by a car it tore my ACL. In church? Oh. No. no, no, no. It, was at, it was at school. <laughs> That's crazy for the castle, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I was in my car and it tore my ACL. And my parents, instead of, you know, the routine ACL surgery, they're like, let's just pray over it and it'll be mm-hmm. fine. And I was like, I can't walk. <laughs> Josie, did you, did you speak in tongues? No, I never okay. was gifted the, the tongues. Gift of the, of tongues. Uh, Sarah, just to cra- I presume you haven't spoke, spoken in tongues before? No, I mean, I'm okay. not really good at Greek, so. So, so a crash course in speaking in tongues is you say, I should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Kia. That's and you the say, trick. I should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Kia. And you're pretty much golden if yep. you really like lean into it. There you go. We had yeah. different tricks in Spanish, but I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I remember when I didn't know the song lyrics in choir and I would just go watermelon. This is like a whole new level, guys. I That's like the watermeloning. Yeah, it's like the watermeloning of Pentecostalism. It's the same. Uh, I'm now yeah, now. It's like wild ride. <laughs> but to your I'm point, now, no. To your point, it's it's really crazy to hear that folks have engaged with us. I think like in some way we're like a like a detox. Like like yeah. you just kind of hang out. And like, it's, we can go as heavy or as light as you really want to go. And it's like, we realize it. And it's like in, like in Harry Potter with that thing where you say like ridiculous. And then like, when it comes out, like you laugh at the thing and then yes. it doesn't torment you anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what it's like. Um, I love, that is incredible as an example. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Y'all are, it's really funny. Cause I'm not the type of person that gets starstruck. I don't give a shit if people are famous. Just as an eight rule, because I'm an Enneagram eight. It's like, and fuck you, I'll so, be more so, famous. So am I. But if Gaga Doe were to walk into my office right now, I would fucking have a heart attack. Oh, so wait, yeah. who? Say it again. Um, she's pro Israel, so maybe Wonder not. Woman. Oh, God damn it, oh. Josie, you had to run that for me. <laughs> you you got to pick someone else now. Sorry. Do a Lipa. There we go. That, that's my latest My latest. Oh, she's person. lovely. Oh, she can sing. Sorry, continue, yeah. Josie. So it was funny when this uh, whole irreverent media group thing started, and people were like, Josie, you know the Dirty Rotten Church kids? And I was like, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Never heard of them. <laughs> Such a Josie answer. That's Which is great. funny because you guys are the first stop along the deconstruction road for a lot of people. But it, I think there's something to be said about those of us who never even got there, right? Like, mm. But you still appeal to... Like, I have talked i don't remember who we were talking with sarah but this idea of like i was never fully accepted into evangelicalism because i was a latin woman so mm-hmm. you know i didn't mm-hmm. have to really deconstruct in the same way but now that i listen to your podcast i guess it's very relatable <laughs> um what do you how do you kind of view your impact now that you have it like is it overwhelming yeah do you think it's amazing do you ignore it well i think 
so our initial plan was, was to do uh, like a handful of episodes and see if we liked it and stop. But then when it started to like spiral out of control, we had a lot of fun with it. We're like, well, let's just keep going and we'll take a break during Christmas. So that's what we did. We took the month of December off. And then we came back and like so many people had asked us for like a place for them to connect with other people who listen to the podcast. Then we made our discord and like we set up a Patreon with like a super low entry fee because that's basically just to keep out any weirdos. Um, uh, but to, to, to answer your question, like the impact, I, I feel like we just like Joe Lumen did for us when we talked to her, just reminded people the permission that they had to be themselves. Like our discord, the people in there have done just like incredibly amazing, like paying off hospital bills for other people in the discord not even telling that person and is Venmoing them like $550 if they have an injury or um, like they're all doing a, a meetup in, in Denver or a good chunk of them are. Um, and then what's, what makes you feel like a proud internet parent is uh, seeing other ones of them like start their own accounts to talk about their story, but then now they're getting invited on podcasts. Um, and so like some of them reached out to us and they're like, well, our story isn't the same as yours. And like, that's why you need to tell it um, because you're going to encourage at least one person. And if we can normalize these conversations, whether you're in the church, whether you're, you're agnostic, all of it's fine. Like, like you said, Sarah, like all of it is, is at the table, the it church, belongs. yeah, the church divvies our, our, our mind, our brain, our body. And I, for a long time, compartmentalized so very well. Um, but so when that, you realize like it's all holy, then it's, it's all good. That is something that I have just been dipping into a little bit with some of my friends coming out of fundamentalism. Um, and I, they, the conversations we've had are around this compartmentalization. Like um, they will compartmentalize things that they don't even, it, it doesn't matter. It's like, they're not telling a lie, but they're leaving things out of their life because they grew up Mm-hmm. being taught to leave things out of their life. And as they try to integrate all pieces of them, there are pain points. Like it feels very vulnerable to share things that for uh, those of us who all have had a permission to have the boxes open and not have to compartmentalize, like you don't realize how if you grew up in a home where belief was really important and you didn't believe the thing, what did it look like to pretend I believed it but then I have friends that are outside of that. And I can't share that those friends like to, to create these separate categories and separate narratives that you have to like constantly be policing. I think that's a thing that I know several of my friends have said, I have just loved being able to be like, I, I see these church kids and I think, oh, they're being honest about the things I want to learn how to be honest about. Um, mm, wow. it, it's like, I want to learn how to be honest about that thing because I've learned to put like, this is the thing that I do over here. And then when you hear someone else say, this is the thing I do over there, and then you slowly integrate that box into who you are. And I think that you're right, that proud parent moment. I think my favorite moments in my years of ministry have always been when I don't know that the people I'm serving have started serving each other. Mm-hmm. When I discover that they didn't need me anymore, um, you just go, huh, okay. And I think that's the beauty yeah. of what you guys did. It might not have been your original intention, but think about that's life changing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think the humor has a huge part in a it because we part. often forget I'm a huge uh, comedy junkie. Can't get enough. Same. Same. But like, the more <laughs> you watch, the more you're like, these are the truths that people are too scared to listen to and accept unless it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's oh, like that little yeah. barrier that you're willing to jump over because it's, oh, ha, 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 it's funny. It's I true. think it was called oh, Nanette. Was it Nanette? Yes. Mm-hmm. That is the most powerful example of anything I've ever seen that started with humor. Have you guys seen this? No. Then, oh, we'll send Netflix, you the It's great. Highly recommend. It's, it is the most powerful stand-up I've ever seen because you are rolling on the floor and then all of a sudden she makes this shift where she says, and it's funny if it wasn't true. And you go, and, and that's her name, oh. Nanette. Uh, that's the name of the show. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you realize we're all talking about things that are actually painful, and it's mm-hmm. not to poke fun at it, but again, it's that normalization and opening up the box and saying, "You too, like your parents, like literally Josie, the car accident. Our other friend Katie got hit by a car, <laughs> and her parents like were like." we'll just pray over it. And she's like, as a child learning, like I got hit by a car and my parents' first reaction is to pray over it. And I needed to forgive that person. Like I'm a child. Mm -hmm. 
I think we can laugh at it and then go, wait, what was really mm-hmm. messed yeah. up about that structure? And how can we rebuild a box that is more open and safer and, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we had a conversation with Phil Drysdale and cause he asked us, he's like, when you started, you didn't really consider you were deconstructing. It wasn't like this, we are deconstruction people. Here's now. what and we're doing. Like, yeah, and it, it's become kind of like, I think a, maybe a junk drawer of meeting and it is what it is, it's totally fine. It, it can be that certainly. Uh, if you need it to be that. Um, but it's one of those things where like, we were just kind of like unloading our own stuff. And so that happens over the course. We actually are releasing our 40th episode um, tomorrow. And um, it's like, he said, like, you guys have been, I guess, deconstructing in public. And that isn't something I had really considered. Um, and as you go, you feel like you're like kind of frantically trying to catch up. Um, mm. And then you interact with folks and they'll go, hey, like, you guys said this thing. And like, I was curious, like, what was that about? And you have to sit back and go, oh shit. Yeah, there's something to that. And then that's just like another thing. Except the difference is now we do it like in mics. And so people have told us like, hey, you're growing and I can hear it. And that's wild to even consider that as a thing. And so there, there are people who go, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. I'm like, dude, I don't even know what I'm doing. We don't know what we're doing. We haven't thought this out. Like we don't, we try not to take it too seriously. I think I'm a classic overthinker, uh, which is why I need uh, Josh in my life. He's an Enneagram eight with a really strong seven wing. So he's like, this is fun Same. until it's not fun. If it's not fun, we burn Wait, it. Wait, what are um, you? I'm a four with a very strong three wing. Oh, I'm a of three course. with a very strong two. So we are in, a, we, are, we should get together and talk about it. Our- yeah, let's hang for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just tell Adrian you don't like him and he'll make it happen. Uh, yeah, yeah, change. Yeah. Same. <laughs> That's it. I will make you like me. <laughs> I, I think too, like what's interesting about humor, we did this with them. Um, we did like this, like TikTok video experiment where we made worship songs based on like oh, auto-generated classic. lyrics. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. And so I wanted to like, I wasn't going to like do it and then like wag my tongue. I, like, I kind of like joke around and be intentionally like dumb. I'm like, no, I'm going to try and make this as good of a song as I possibly can based on my experience in worship music. We both did. And what people were saying were like, you are able to laugh and get, you can inch really close to it if you're laughing at it. And you're like, that's actually scarily accurate. But in the humor, they go, I didn't realize how easy and like template stamped out worship music is. But that's like a commentary that you can do when you're laughing at it and people can actually kind of receive it. I don't think you can hear that or certain things you can't say if you're just like pointing a finger at it and be like, look at this bullshit. It it doesn't really hit uh, and it doesn't stick for me at least. And so I think that's another thing that other folks have kind of noticed is like, if I make fun of like a youth pastor sermon point over top of like a warm pad song based on like mm-hmm. a pop culture reference, that's like real stuff that actually happens. And we can get really close to it if we're laughing at it. That's what we did before we had the podcast, like oh, yeah. together. That's why we, we, we made jokes that we, we all the picked time. the wrong profession. Like we should have been a yes. mega church marketing, like yes. professionals, yes. sold our services. Oh, y'all we are real be... good at the manipulation that exists in these churches. It's easy. It's easy. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy. <laughs> I remember learning in AP music theory in high school because I was really smart. Just kidding. <laughs> um, weird flex, Joe's weird flex. I know. A little weird <laughs> over here. But they... I remember the lecture and he was saying, we were talking about cadences. And it's like, this is the cadence you want to put at the end of the song if you want it to be sad. This is the one you put if you want it to be powerful. And and you listen to it, it's like, oh my God, everything is Being a lie. manipulated. <laughs> everything is a lie. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. It. Trip and I joke around all the time about like, you can either use your powers for good or your powers for bad. We, him and I alone on a porch can laugh till two in the morning. But if we're just poking and not trying to help, then it just, it's, it's putting out what I would call like the negative into the uh-huh. universe. You're, you're just poking and not offering, um, uh, not an alternative because you're not trying to create a church, but you're trying to say, but, but okay, but like, let, let's include it. Cause there's so many people like, I think people have the idea of deconstruction is just like, let's just burn it down. And then all these people are sitting around going, what I, what I do now. And I, I tell the story, there's a very, I won't say who, but a pretty well-known theologian who all these like Theo bros were super into, and he's amazing, wonderful. And my friend who is not a Christian went to one of his conferences because he was really interested in, my friend is a, um, like a fortune, I don't know. I don't know what he does. He like flips businesses, whatever that is. I don't have a business mind. 
but he uh, was, he, he met up with me after he had gone to this guy's conference and he was like, here, you're a person of faith. And I was like, correct. I actually professionally. Uh, and he said, <laughs> tell me what you believe. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm like walking this line of trying to figure out if I believe this or if I believe this, but I'm like, I've landed here. And he, and he just breathed this big breath and he goes, thank you for saying what you believe. Cause I just sat through a conference where a guy just told all of these kids what he doesn't believe. And he goes, as in a person who works in marketing and flipping businesses, I got to tell you that's shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, he goes into hey, when baby. the guy, when the guy asked me like, what I thought of it, I looked at him and I said, all these, you know, they're mostly men, all these young men have come to you and you've torn down the thing they're a part of and you haven't given them anything to go to. And I think the, the beauty of, of the work that you guys have done is you're like, I'm not going to say, I know the answers, but I am going to say like, it, it can't be this, but maybe it's this. And where do we find the light in the hard and then journey together and then create a thing that like supports each other through it so that it's not just like yeah this thing sucks bye <laughs> yeah and, and like that's what we get a lot of like that's pretty much the biggest criticism we get is like well you guys are just against the church I'm like well then you haven't listened to more than five minutes anything of anything that you guys have ever um, done <laughs> or you're against god or whatever yeah and it's it, and i think it kind of goes back to when what you do like your identity is a christian in in america when anyone pokes at it because what Christians do, or the churches we went to specifically, they do the poking. They're like, nope, you're doing wrong. You're going to hell because of this. You can't love this person. You celebrate on the wrong day. Like, so the church does that all the time. And so when the tables are turned and people are like, no, that's not correct. And it's kind of really weird that you would like sing a song about leaning back on God's chest and hearing him breathe deeply. Okay, calm down, Cindy. Sexy. That's really weird. Um, and, and, and so people take any criticism towards the church, like, well, you hate it. Like, no, like I'm really thankful for it teaching me how to play music for bringing Adrian and I together. Like that's where I met my wife. Like there's a lot of good things that came from it, but also like there's some really hurtful things and, and, but people can't get to that point because they're so just deeply rooted in the, like all, all the tenets of reformness or evangelicalism. Yeah. And I think too, is like, I am, very much okay with like if you want to like tear something down you can like find something to replace it or you can kind of just like exist in like open concept you yeah. know that's still yeah. something right like a lack of something is something and i guess like what's interesting is a lot of folks will come and interact with us and then from there they'll be like i love understanding like decolonization so they'll just like latch on to joe lumen stuff which is amazing or like yes. i love listening about like queer theology or they'll like attach to kevin garcia and and like so we can in some way like i'm more than happy for us to be like the blunt instrument that just like knocks down some brush that you can get through and then you there's like a million different places for you to go and if you want to like blame us for being the ones that like like I'm, I'm fine with being the one that the parents are like my kids start listening to that freaking podcast because if if all we are in the beginning is just like, like I said, like a blunt instrument to get you out of whatever you're existing and that's been harming you. Uh, from there, man, uh, it's a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. That's a great message from what's been harming you. Uh, friends, you have been making space for people in a lot of ways. And one of the things we love to ask people as we're sort of winding now, because I literally could talk to the two of you forever. We'll just stay on this call forever after. Sounds great. Uh, it sounds good. Um, when you think about like tangible ways that people can make space for other people um, or for themselves, can you think of like one thing that if they're listening to this podcast and they're thinking, yeah, I'm into like maybe starting to question this or I want to uh, start figuring out how I can talk to what, whatever it might be. Can you think of a way that people can make space for themselves or others? It's a big I point. would say the, I would say the biggest thing that I had to learn and I'm still working on is making space for myself, like mm -hmm. my body. Um, and, and so much healing and direction has come from me just like being quiet and like doing what my body asked me to do in that moment, because for so long, you're like, we, we talked about this in one of our first episodes, just like the narratives we were handed, like the gender scripture given as a man in the church and what you're expected to do, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I would say, listen to your body because your body knows what it needs um, and I, I don't think you can do good for everyone until you're doing good to yourself. Um, and so, I mean, that, that, that can take any shape or form, um, but just listening to what your body's asking and then within reason, trying to give it to it 
and then from there, I think you're better equipped to help others. That's my short answer. It, I love that. Adrian, uh, it goes my whole actually, life kind of. I'm sorry. I was going to say that goes back to his whole skateboarding. Like I think about like what embodiment it yeah. is for you that when you're like, where's my favorite space? It's when I'm in this like city that I love, but I'm like on a, you said a one wheel, which I cannot yeah. wait to see you do. Uh, I cannot wait to come visit you guys. He's very good. I'll just bring it past here on the zoom. Just like, <laughs> I'm into it. Um, <laughs> as someone who like, likes to ride a penny board back in the day. Um, I yeah, think there's, sure. yeah, there's this, there's this sense of like, uh, that's embodiment. Like, right. The feeling, even mm. being on that swing, right. Like you're in your body yeah. and you're feeling it in a way that I think we stopped playing. And mm. so I think that's a great, like, listen to your body. Does your body need to play? We don't, we don't give people permission to play, but we never stop wanting to play. Mm. That's good. Sorry. Adrian, Adrian, go. So didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, not at all. I know there's like, it's zoom. I, I get it. Um, I think for me, it's um, we, we were always taught that like, just like what I said before, like the most important thing about you is your like Christian self, which isn't really your Christian self. It's like the iteration of Christianity that you project to the world. And that looks like a million things, the bunch of stipulations. And the biggest thing that I've had to do is like, learn, like I am so much more than even my belief. Like I am so much more than that. I'm so much more than the things I think today. Like I'm so much more than the way I feel in this moment. And so like, I am infinitely more complex, just like you said, Sarah, like I contain multitudes, right? And I think if you want to make space for other people, you, you, I, I, I am no longer threatened by all like the nuances and complexity within myself. And so I have no, like, there's really nothing for me to be offended at or to get defensive over. Cause like, I want you to bring all of yourself to the table and I don't care where you land, like whether it's in proximity to me and my belief, like anywhere on that gradient of belief or, or non-belief, like because you're more than even that. Um, and so I think it's trying to see kind of like the commonality that we have between people, regardless of all like the superficial levels that we like put up. Um, of course, I'm always still gonna be like, if the things you're holding onto and the ways you're acting on it are actively causing harm to marginalized communities, like I'm still gonna like, like call you out and like make fun of you mercilessly, but I am able to like experience you. And that's not something that I was ever really good at before. Yeah, I love, I love that, the idea of like, if I'm a multitude, if I'm, the more I, someone said to me last night, the more I know myself, the more I know God, the more I mm. can under, like the more, the multitudes that I find within myself are my, is my capability to see the multitudes of God and the multitudes of other people. And so you're right. You look at someone and you're like, if I can be both and, you know, I always think about when people are like, well, you know, I've landed on this decision. I always think about like people where I went to school love to read like dogmatics and they would talk about like, they love to explain how they love, well, dogmatics is this like theological book that go on and on and on. Well, they reach different conclusions in different parts because the person who's writing it is moving through their theology. That's the version, by the way, of like working it out publicly back in the day was I'm going to write this really long book, right? <laughs> now it's like, ah, I'll just do it on a podcast. But I think we so um, so often want people to have landed and then we can say that's who they are, but yeah. then they change and that's not who they are. And I am really grateful that you guys are willing to have your journey be public. I think that's been, um, it's been a good, uh, just a, a buffer during a really difficult time to laugh with someone about it and to be able to send memes to my friends who like just want to give the church the middle finger. And they're like, Oh, but these people, there is something beyond just giving the church the middle finger. So thank you for, for doing that work. We really appreciate it. Um, and also I just have to say one of my favorite places I've ever been is Cuba. Just so you know, Josh. I well, I, I, I see, I have a good relationship with, with my mom. Now, if I go, she told me she's going to disown me. So when she passes away, then I, I can go. It's a whole thing. It's a whole yeah. bunch of Castro hate there, but I grew up Canadian. So we went but I went with parents I've who took me. Beautiful. Yeah, my parents are incredible Canadian, British. They took us so that we would um, be able to experience poverty and to like, not to like experience it, but to be able to look. It's they're they're amazing people because we. It's a long story, but we lived in a, a fairly 
not well off area. And, um, and then to take us to another place and say, these are some of the most beautiful people you will ever meet. And they've been under oppression. And what does that look like? And like (laughs) everyone else was like partying and my parents were like taking us to the beach where we were like meeting the, like, I mean, it's how to like make your 12 year old turn into a pastor who really cares about social justice. Um, don't do that to your kids. (laughs) But it was a really good experience for me growing up and I'm so thankful, but it was just the most beautiful country. So I hope you get to go. Um, friends, where can we, Yeah, we we have Cuba here as well. Call yeah, Miami, I, baby. It's called yeah, Miami. Sarah's trying to skirt on to the exit of this podcast. I'm not going to let her. Miami has so much good Cuban food. Oh. Kendall Doral. Let's go. Sarah, when you come down. I cannot. We're going, we're going out. Wait. We're going out. Kevin was there this weekend. And so the thing about Kevin and I that's probably, I don't, I don't think it's codependent. I feel like it's not. We FaceTime each other at least three times a day. And so I was getting the morning FaceTime of like, I'm in my, and then the evening FaceTime. And I was like, you're having so much fun. I had FOMO. Um, I it, cannot wait. It was wait. a blast. It was, a yeah, blast. It was great to see Yeah. Uh, friends. Where can we find you? Obviously, Dirty Rotten Church Kids are available on Instagram, but where else? You can find us anywhere. Uh, you come and find podcasts. Uh, if you want to uh, subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes, that does a lot. That's super, super helpful. Uh, you can follow us on TikTok at Dirty Rotten Church Kids, on Twitter at Dirty Rotten CK. If you want to send us an email, you can do it at dirtyrottenck at gmail.com. Uh, we have a merch store. If you go to teespring.com and search Dirty Rotten Church Kids, and then we have a Patreon where we release an extra podcast a month, and then you have a patron-only Discord group. Ooh. Well, that is a lot of ways to be a Dirty Rotten Church Kid. <laughs> We're too many. Too many things. Too many. I love it. Uh, Josie, where can folks find us? You can find us by going to makingspacespodcast.com. You can search us up on Instagram, Making Spaces Podcast. I'm at Josie Takes the World, and Sarah is at Rev Sarah Heath. True story. Thank you so much for joining us, friends, and join us next week because we will be saving a space for you. Bye. Bye. This has been an irreverent media podcast.